I'm the Reverend Dr. Jenny McKay, veterinarian, associate minister, and a minister in secular employment. I'm also an environmentalist, an activist, and a self-confessed cat junkie. But believe it or not, I've never owned a dog who gets recognized by Hollywood A-list actors. Someone who does is my guest, Anna Webb. So, Anna, tell me about your gorgeous English toy terrier, Mr. Binks, and his meeting with Johnny Depp in Soho. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jenny, thank you for inviting me on your your brilliant podcast. Right, so the thing was, Mr. Binks wasn't actually there. And um, what happened was, it was... um, I can't still believe it, really, but uh, it is true that Johnny Depp <laughs> recognised my voice. Um, he actually <laughs> listens to Radio London and the parking hour. Um, and it was an extraordinary encounter mm. where clearly I wasn't expecting to bump into Johnny Depp. And he suddenly, this this man had come in where I was in Soho. I saw a man coming in, you know, you don't think anything of it. I'm, I'm waiting for my coat. It was only half past six in the evening. And uh, suddenly, you know, I hear this male voice go, Anna. And I turn around and I see what I considered a very cool rock and roll guy, you know, but I didn't go, okay. oh my God, it's Johnny Depp. Um, <laughs> and I went, yes. And, you know, and he said, you are. Anna from the barking hour so then I go oh gosh a real listener <laughs> and um oh gosh <laughs> and then um yeah and basically it was the following day um that I realized that I had actually been speaking to Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp. um wow. and um but he was in disguise you know he didn't look like um, okay Johnny from the Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, he was, I, I thought he was a really smart, interesting, very cool, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. advertising executive or, you know, whatever. So he had this big hat on and these glasses oh. and a, you know, a briefcase and a big mm-hmm. overcoat because it was the end of February 2020 this happened. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it was cold, you know. So he was like with a big overcoat, and then, but at one point, because he says, "Oh, do say hello to Joe. I love listening to the Barking Hour." He says, <laughs> and to Joe's show. Please be sure to say hello from me. See, so I'm like, of course. And then I think, oh, I don't know your name. So I went, oh, what's your name? I mean, it gets. I mean. Jenny, can you believe Johnny Depp? <laughs> well, he just said Johnny, didn't he? So I went, so I just I just went, oh Johnny, look, thanks, you know, brilliant. Keep listening. Have a great evening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't. So anyway, he so actually <laughs> yes, actually, is I know, which is extraordinary. But Mr. Binks obviously um would probably have realized I was in the presence of greatness, even when I saw his his overcoat rode up over his hands at one point, and I did see these rings. And I at this point, you know, I'm like thinking, hang on a minute. Uh, he's not a normal person. And um, because the rings are impressive, you know, and um and it was at that moment I thought, oh gosh, am I missing something here? You know, when you just think you might, yes. something hasn't quite 
depending on who yes, talks. who is this person? Uh, like, like you say, yeah, yeah, he he wears a lot of jewelry in those films, doesn't he? But obviously, if you couldn't see the face properly, um, well, exactly, well, exactly, 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 and big overcoat, you know, with long sleeves and yeah. so on. So, um, no, but anyway, so that that was uh, so it is quite extraordinary. Um, Johnny Depp listens to the dog slot on Radio <laughs> London. Who knew? There we um, go. Yeah, there we you, go. Can you get him? to listen to my podcast Anna. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I said to him that evening so I was about to launch a dog's life because it launched at that that crafts basically the following week so I went yes. oh Johnny look I'm just launching a podcast called a dog's life assuming he was you know a listener listener um <laughs> please subscribe you know and he was nodding going yeah yeah like this you know <laughs> and um oh god I mean just unbelievable anyway oh, but wonderful. I will Yes, wonderful. I mean, you know, what, what's what an you experience? Know. What an experience. Well, but anyway, Mr. Yes. Banks is recognized yes. anyway, isn't he, in, in London? By, well, um, yes, yes. The I general suppose. public, you will have some people who recognize him, won't you? Yeah, 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 yes, yes. He's had quite a few outings, you know, on the uh, BBC Piazza when we aired the, for, for for many years. Every afternoon in the summer, we would um, air the radio um, show from the actual Piazza where you where the one show is filmed. Okay. So get lots of people up. It was brilliant, and and we're hoping to do it again um, as the weather gets better now because we're airing in the daytime again. It's so obviously at night. It's a bit difficult. It's a bit, <laughs> a bit dark. Oh. Yeah. So um yeah, so that should so he's done that and he's done a few TV things, haven't you, Bing? Oh, he's wandering <laughs> around. Yeah, the listeners can't see him, but he's around. He so, is around. Anna, so tell me a little bit about yourself and your career, because obviously you're um a broadcaster and you're also a behavior expert and you know all about pet nutrition as well. Yes. Um, gosh, well, everything's evolved, really, since I was a child being surrounded by dogs and, and lots of other animals, because my dad was a massive, massive animal lover. And I think it just came with the territory of our family. And, you know, I grew up in sunny Shropshire and every <laughs> everyone just had dogs and horses. And, you know, I learned to ride. Gosh, you know, oh, gosh. when I was tiny, it was just, you know, mandatory to learn to ride. And um and dad would take me for my riding lessons and so on and so forth. And 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 so animals very much featured in in our home as dad was high up at the RSPCA as well. So I learned about a lot of animal cruelty and neglect mm. at a very young age, you know, which I you know, I don't think it's totally normal, perhaps. So it really set set the bar, set the scene, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And I learned a lot about dogs from my dad and just from being around them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just... I, always had a massive affinity to dogs and a great interest you know remember I grew up before the internet was invented so going to crafts every year with my auntie was like oh amazing the main thing I did every year you know I could name every well, I still can name every, pretty much every dog breed um yeah. I was obsessed with every school project art creative writing whatever dogs dogs dogs, dogs. Mm -hmm. so um yeah 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 I was grooming this very famous dog lady I mean she's passed now and Winyard which any dog older dog aficionados will remember um I would groom her Tibetan spaniels before they went in the show ring when I was eight 
Oh, oh thrilling, no. thrilling at that well, age. Yes. Well, yes. I mean, how brilliant for a child, you know, because without any, you know, of these modern gadgets yeah. around, you know, what it, dogs were my my thing. And I was very lucky to be able to hang around them and, um, you know, go to Jim Connors and enter fun dog shows. They, they existed way back then as well and get <laughs> rosettes. I loved rosettes. You know, that's not changed. Oh. So, you know, so that set the scene. And then, you know, I sort of just went off into the media, really, after going to Oxford Poly and I studied psychology and um, I never really wanted to do psychology in terms of analysing humans or anything like okay. that or follow that route. It was more to use it, you know, from a media perspective and yeah. to have a degree, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, but certainly, you know, all the behavioural psychology I learned, Skinner and Pavlov and, and everybody classical operant conditioning, I, I loved all of that. But I, I wouldn't do experiments on any animals, actually, and others yeah. did, you know, on rats. I mean, not nasty experiments, but I just thought, hang on, just for my degree, I'm not going to, you know. Um, so I've always been on that side of the fence, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it was, um, yeah, so then I was doing things like launching medical detection dogs, the charity that was then called Cancer and Biodetection Dogs. And, uh, um, yeah, Chance Encounter bumped into Joe, Radio Joe, Joanne Good, and we um, uh, <laughs> put together a documentary called Fur Kids and that aired on the BBC and it, it was massive. And uh, then the dog slot started, you know, yeah. in January 2010. I mean, it has been going wow. that say, long. That I mean, long. it's extraordinary. It's, it is an anomaly, really. There's nothing else yeah. quite like it. Yeah, um, so it's it's quite, you know, it's, it's something to be proud of. Absolutely. Uh, it's and very, it, very different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And then um, I just immersed myself in study with the College of Integrated Veterinary Therapies mm -hmm. around about 2012. Um, so that was like a three-year study. It was really intense, brilliant, um, absolutely brilliant so you know learning about all the you know my dad well that's nutrition so that's mm -hmm. why I'm a qualified nutritionist but beyond that sort of I suppose you'd call it wellness really understanding a bit more you know I know you're a vet Jenny so you know but you know vets don't explain to clients in plain English shall we say you know if you have too many general anesthetics, it might not be the best thing for your dog to have. For example, they don't mention oxidative stress. So, you know, I'm able to explain ox oxidative stress to people, for example, and help yes. with physiotherapy. I'm really into homeopathy, red light therapy, all of the alternative modalities, really, to, yes. to keep your best friend in the best health um, for, for as long as possible. Yes. Yes. And, um, you know, certainly, of course, nutrition plays a major role in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's evolved, hasn't it? So there's, that, there's that background of animals from, from a very, very young age and then, yeah, developing in, in the psychology side of things and, and nutrition. Yes, yes. And, and as I say, you know, the homeopathy, because you see my journey with Molly, my first miniature bull terrier, that's what started it all because she... um. Oh, she had an adverse reaction to a blast of vaccinations given erroneously, as the vet in question did not recognise her titer test. But this was 2010 when, you know, the WSAVA, the World Small Animal Health um, Association, only launched their first research in 20. 
2007 rather. So this was all very new and it, well, it still yeah, is yeah, new. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, it's still new. And these are things I like to discuss, actually, on my podcast. But <laughs> probably think people are thinking, oh, no, that's really boring. I wonder if, well, if Johnny Depp would like to listen to time to testing. Can you imagine? You're like, right, I thought this was going to be an interesting listen. No, no, but I think it is an interesting listen. Yeah. And, and so anyway, it was Moles, anyway, that took me on this whole journey. That's why I did all my study, you know, which, you know, it was a considerable investment, but... I knew she wasn't well. She had got suspected bladder cancer as a result of all of this. And I had to just turn her around. And I knew mm. the answer wasn't just with a small bottle of non-steroidal um, inflammatories. Though, to be, they was going to need a lot more than that. And, yeah, <laughs> I kept her alive thereafter for five more years. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is very good. Yeah. It's um, very, very good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so anyway, that's... But I yeah, know yeah. You, you've had you've it is very very interesting and you have so many interesting people on your podcasts oh, and I'm sorry. just thinking back and I know you've mentioned this to me previously your interview really really stood out for you I think in 2020 with Rupert Sheldrake yes. the author of for, for our listeners who don't know the book is dogs that know when their owners are coming home <laughs> um and you were discussing the idea of this telepathy or sixth sense between animals, particularly dogs, and their owners. Um, so can you tell me of any instances where you've seen this with your pets? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. Well, the thing is with Rupert, um, it was this lovely man that co-founded Medical Detection Dogs that once said to me, when I'm, you know, so we're talking 2008, you, you must have read Sheldrake. And I said, um, gosh, no, you know, I haven't, you know, obviously I, I will, you know. So quickly got home and Googled and got dogs that know when their owners are coming home. And I was sort of vindicated <laughs> in this book because at that time, Jenny, you see, 2008, it was a mixed vibe going on with dog trainers still, right? Mm -hmm. That Like lots of dog owners were a bit, you know, operant, only operant. It's like, is there any emotional intelligence there? Yeah. It's was it's very new that we've actually proved that there is. And yeah. lots of yeah. dog trainers, and I'd have arguments about this because I'd be no, well, no, I know what she, <laughs> I know what she's thinking, which can be seen as projecting your human um, you know, emotions onto the dog, you know, and and they so but I just felt there was this much more between yeah. Molly and I. Um, and anyway, so read the book. Absolutely like, oh, gosh, amazing. Reach out to Rupert and he comes on the radio show. <gasps> oh, and then and I've just been so impressed by his kind of, I suppose, subversive um, science because he is a Cambridge Don. I mean, he is a yeah, top. Yeah. You know, and um, and it was his interest in animals, you know, um, as, as a child and homing pigeons in particular, like how do the pigeons find their way home? No one actually to this day really knows. And there's various hypotheses. Rupert has one of these. And I was just fascinated by all of this fascinated because I was always sure I was almost having a two way conversation with Molly. Um, yes. You know, and yes. um, then we were we were in, gosh, we were in Devon, and this was when sat navs were um, still quite new and oh, everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and you know, anyway, we got to sort of the edge of the moors, um, and the sat nav said, "Continue forward for seven miles." I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. It was pitch black. It was November, and um, 
and then I lost all signal of the sat nav, oh, of my phone, everything. And we're driving along, and it's pitch dark, Jenny, and it's like fog. Ooh. It's really hounding oh, the basket. Scary. So scary, I, honestly. You know. And then Moles is on the mini with her front seat, with her seat belt and everything. And she used to sit bolt upright. <laughs> she had a very straight back, and she was sat bolt upright in her fluorescent fleecio driving <laughs> outfit, and she's looking out the while I'm in a mini. Just get the picture and a bolt. And then she's looking out of the the passenger window. And she's looking back at me. And she's full terrier there. And then she's looking out the passenger window again. And then looking back at me. And then I'm just like going, and then I just say out loud, I know, Molly, we're lost. Like yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> was saying that to you, wasn't she? She was wondering why her mummy was driving in this. In this, book. like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and we? then. I know, and then she starts looking in the rear, you know, the rear window, like turning around, looking backwards, looking at me. Oh, and, there's a, and I go, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. And I did a U-turn in this scary slope by a country gate and Ooh. then did a UE, but luckily in the mini, you know, it's designed for doing exactly, you can do these manoeuvres. And then we found a pub, and it's ridiculous, where I was able to use the landline and the person I was going to go and visit had to come and pick us up. I mean, you can't make it up there. <sighs> So that, but so that was that was the first time I actually thought, crikey, we have just had a two-way conversation. Um, and then I, I remember I'd read Rupert before that or after, but it, it, but then, oh god, over the years, um, Jenny, so much. I mean, particularly interestingly, with my cat Gremlin. I know you love cats. I was going to say, have you got any cat experiences? Oh, yes. all the time, <laughs> all the time. When I want him to come home, come in, I never. You know, because he's trained to respond to when I flip the cat flap, mm-hmm. you know, bang, 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 you know. Um, but, you know, on instances when dad hasn't worked or whatever, um, there was one New Year's Eve, he got out. Oh, and <laughs> more, I was convinced he would be dead. And oh. he didn't come home and he didn't come home. And and, and it was dreadful. And I got into uh, almost um, like a frenzy about it, like, you know, really, oh, it's hard to explain. Very and, anxious. Yeah. Well, well more, deeper more than anxious, probably. it's almost, uh, you know, lost it. Almost, mm. I know the word, it's almost sort of, in a way, primeval. It, it's weird. It's like weird. And and it's when I get to that point and I'm just thinking, Gremlin, come home, come in, he'll appear. He'll appear. And it, and he did that night, you know, and um, it's, it's really, almost if he senses, doesn't it, that you're being pushed just yeah, too because, far with your well, well, that's it, and that's Rupert's theory, really. It's it's about picking up in, on intentions, which is telepathy, and um, you know, he's done so many studies over the years, and one was about using dogs um, to respond in a way mm-hmm. to signal that they were aware that their owners had picked their bag up in the office and they were coming home at a random time that, you know, wasn't planned, that they didn't even know when they were supposed to, it was all, they got a beep on a beeper, any, yeah, and that was it. They had to just leave. So, so it was randomized and scientifically correlated yeah, yeah, and all yeah. the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting. Yeah, and people, about- yeah, people say that, that cats, you know, you can't really bond with cats, but, you can as a, as a oh. cat owner and the emotions that they that they show. I always remember one of my cats. I had um, I bought this 
toothpaste, um, fatty toothpaste, and you're supposed to just put it on their paw and then they lick it off and it cleans their teeth. And okay. I managed to squirt this on the paw and this cat, it just happened to look at its paw. And honestly, I could see the thought going through its face. <laughs> what is this? What is this unidentified blob in my foot? And it was a look of surprise. So um, a couple of vicars who will remain nameless have told me that pets don't have the same emotions as humans, but I strongly disagree with that. <laughs> well, Jenny, I think science has proved that they do. I don't think it's questionable anymore. You know, MRI scans, because we've been able to train animals to go in not having a general anaesthetic yeah. and see their brain patterns. And, uh, you know, it's as simple as that now, That's really. Right. That's right. Yeah. And even invertebrates as well. They've done a lot of testing on, on them, you know, these poor really octopi that people well, love to eat as a luxury but they're very very intelligent no it's true it's actually true with octopi actually um and, and crabs and things i mean you know oh dear yeah it's a big subject all that it is, it is which we could we could do a full other podcast <laughs> on that one couldn't we we could jenny yes so sorry, I've probably gone off <laughs> off off the list of questions here. I'm I'm really sorry. Oh, that's absolutely fine. The oh. other the other aspect again, which I probably agree with you, is there are no bad dogs. It's uh, it's the owner. Well, yeah, I mean, in a lot of cases, yes, yes, and we are living in a strange time where recently I've actually said, you know, that the face of dog ownership has changed beyond recognition now, and it is a terrible shame, you know, not only for the dogs but for the people because they're not getting out of their relationship with the dog that really they could get, you know. And dogs don't live long enough, and I just feel they're not getting it. You know, a lot of people don't walk them enough, they don't groom them, they don't brush their dog's teeth, and then, you know, all these things that back yeah. in the day we all did, and that wasn't that so long yes. ago, you know. I mean, I know some dogs, you know, do require more grooming expertise mm. than other breeds, sure, you know, um, but, um, but it's... Um, you know, yeah, I don't want to go into one of my rants on it. I just feel... <laughs> but after COVID as well, I mean, people were just buying dogs to kind of amuse themselves, weren't exactly. they? Exactly. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. Not fair. Not fair no, I don't think any idea of the commitment that was about to ensue. I mean, when I brought Molly into my life, I was 37. I was in an utter panic attack going up to Yorkshire on the train that day. My life's going to change. Um, you know, that's it. Um, you know, probably if you're about to have a baby, you might think the same thing. I remember having <laughs> such a gosh, no more lions ever. Um, you know, yeah. all these things go through <laughs> and um Oh, every, you know, and uh, yeah, and it's true. It totally did change my life completely, oh. and, you know. Um, In a very it, good way. Oh, gosh. Very, you know, unbelievable way. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget that journey home, a little mole's character. I was so proud of her. This was my puppy. Oh. And I was like, showing her to people on the train. Look. Everybody just... would be fussing over her, I'm sure. No, absolutely. <laughs> They're very funny puppy bull terriers. They're like, you know, tiny piglets. The, the dogs very, yeah very very cute. very cute yes but jenny yeah i mean it's so true isn't it you know i think yeah i mean i mean whether the dog license gets reintroduced it's something that is being discussed it is, it is. 
but yeah. people have to yeah i agree they mm. often don't understand the the commitment of of having a pet Mm, exactly exactly and and you know a cat might suit some people better you know um as they you know you don't have to walk a cat every day <laughs> oh, that's, no, that's i mean that's that's the main difference really <laughs> apart from it that very independent <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah now one of the the really great podcasts of course is a dog's life so uh what was the reason that you started dog dog's life um, well yeah yeah it was just really well because podcasts were kind of really happening actually i mean i think you know in 20 well we launched in march 2020 um a week after i bumped into johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, and yeah the, the whole purpose of it was just really to make sense of my massive interest in dogs, you know, I mean, <laughs> like dogs in art, it's it's really to help people navigate living with dogs in a modern world, understand what a dog is and its utter greatness from speaking to Rupert about the, you know, telepathic communication and social bonds that exist in an energetic way through to, you know, um, talking about diet. Of course, it's something that um, is very, 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 you know, important to me um, and talking to experts and vets than sort of everybody you know I mean my one of my most recent podcasts is with Dr Jean Dodds who is a vet Jenny you know you'll know Dr yeah. Jean and such an honor to talk to her and um you know she helped me a lot with Molly and helped me learn a lot for my course which of course of course, of course. I like course. you know to spread spread the word really because it's thanks to Dr. Jean and, and other scientists of her era that, you know, we've been vets, you know, she's a vet and a scientist, you know, we are working out some change for the better, I think, really. And, you know, nothing needs to stay still in life. I mean, you know, particularly yeah. with the field of nutrition. I'm sorry, if you can hear Prudence chomping on her <laughs> head. Sorry, sorry about that. She is chewing on a yak chew. Um, <laughs> is it? I've just realised it might be coming down. I'm so sorry. Is this all right? She. I do, I don't think we hear it. You don't hear it. Okay, no. it just sounded quite loud to me for a minute. <laughs> but that is what it is. It's not me making odd sounds. <laughs> um, My cats will probably appear in a minute anyway. <laughs> oh no! Good, 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 good. No, we love cats. I mean, um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, so the podcast is basically, you know, drawing from my own journey with dogs for, as a child, you know, onwards to to a grown up and living in London, you know, before dog friendly became a thing, you know, back in yes. 2002. Yes. And when I got moles, nowhere was dog friendly, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, it was quite the opposite. I mean, there weren't any professional dog walkers either, funnily enough. Um, um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and the dog population was was much, much smaller. But, um, um, yeah, but, and then navigating London, going on buses, the whole <laughs> works with, with moles, you see. So it was a massive baptism of fire and took me back to, because it was just after my dad died that I brought Molly in. So it was like the journey back through my childhood and all of this anyway is sort of in the podcast, not at all in a saccharine way, but it's just a helpful podcast on so many levels. You know, of course we touch on behaviour and training, but yeah. it's, you know, yeah, but yeah, we also yeah. have some celebrity 
um, you know, interviews, but also it does have quite a, you know, cerebral, I suppose, meaty aspect yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, so, which I, I hope you like, Jenny, you know. As absolutely, a, absolutely. But are there um, any, any dream guests you would, you would <laughs> like to have? Um, well, apart from Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that um, will happen. Oh, God. Um, well, oh, gosh. I mean, Dr. Jean was one, actually, and obviously Rupert. Rupert. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, dream guest, gosh, well, oh, gosh, all right, I'll, I'll confess Did up. you ever interview the super vet, Noel Fitzpatrick? No, I haven't, actually. Um, no, no. Have you? No, no. He he was a year ahead of me in in vet school in Dublin, oh, okay. actually. So I I know what he was like when he was a young young student. Yeah. Oh no, gosh, no, interesting. Yeah, no, no, no. I haven't. To be fair, I mean, got to remember, Jenny, that with me, I'm a bit on the alternative subversive front. So I've only talked to one conventional vet, actually. Mm -hmm. um, all the other vets you know are holistic or in the likes yeah. of you know Do dr jean um dr karen becker you know dr nick thompson um dr lise hansen andrew prentice um yeah probably some others i can't think of off the top of my head because that's the area i really feel you know offers so much scope particularly yeah. for longevity um yes. and uh, Kindness. And, and it's also, you know, homeopathy has been around for longer than modern medicine. I know you are a vet, Jenny, so please don't shoot me. Um, so, you know, and I've seen it work. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's having an open mind. It's, um, yeah, so that's really where it's at. But yes, I'll tell you who I'd love to interview. And I'm hoping to get make this happen. I really am hoping. It is Debbie and Harry. And there are a couple of opportunities possible. She is in the UK and I'm going to be where she is for two occasions coming up soon. Oh, um, I know I need to, I mean, who knows? I mean, but um, animals have played a huge part in her life, you know? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially, well, cats. Dogs actually. or, oh, it's a cat. Both, both, both. Yeah, hmm. Mad about dogs. Yes, yes. But, oh, oh no, I won't give any That is going away. to be an interesting podcast. Yes, yes. Yes. Don't, don't yes. give it away. But yeah, that is one definitely for us <laughs> to look out for. <laughs> so really, um, something I get asked about a lot at the moment is, I want to get a dog and I want to get a purebred. But we know at the moment after COVID and stuff, there are a lot of rescue dogs out there. Have you got any advice or what, what's your view on that when you're you're looking for um, a new companion, I suppose? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I mean, it's brilliant. You know, adopting is, is, is a fantastically super altruistic thing to do. And I think, you know, generally speaking, to adopt from a, a recognised welfare, you know, uh, rescue, the dog does become assessed to a certain degree. And the dog, you know, is probably fully grown. So you can, it's not a cute puppy. Because yeah. I think a yeah. lot of people fall for yes. the cute puppy so they yes. can see 
this is how big it is, you know. And um, I think it, it depends. Every dog's an individual and every rescue's an individual, but they can be, you know, more difficult and you have to be prepared to invest the time to rehabilitate a rescue because mr binks for example he's a rehome so he so you know not he didn't come from you know the rspca or anything and um you know it took it took ages and ages to build his confidence up and yeah. uh, um so people have to be ready and prepared for that that's yeah. what I would say, you know, but um, but equally, some of the rescues recently have been criticised for being too strict and in a way prohibiting yes. people taking dogs on. Uh, I know that, you know, obviously they don't want them back or any accidents to happen. So a lot of people yes. are bringing dogs in still from overseas, which is which is great. But yeah. Dogs from Romania do some come with some big issues to deal yes. with. Yes. And unless you have the skill set and the experience, this is this is the big yes. thing. I think partly social media, you know, is to blame here, Jenny, that it makes dog ownership or makes anything in life, whether you're baking a cake or anything, yeah. look absolutely lovely. And the first yes. time you bake this cake, it's going to look like this. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. And it doesn't work like that in real life. No. And I think no. that's why we saw such a surge of ownership through the, the actual pandemic. And now, of course, the abandonment. But it's worse oh, that people have been yeah. selling dogs on, on dog websites, Jenny. Yes. And they, they just shouldn't have been. This was no, just a I mean, quick, quick win for them, wasn't it? Get those puppies out. And, yeah. Dreadful. And then, and then these websites that now, you know, are are allowed you know i mean some bans are trying to be in place on various sites but you know so it's um oh it dear. Must, you must go to a well reputable breeder for a start wasn't you yes I mean, yes yeah um you know the kennel club assured breeder scheme and all the breeds have rescue um organizations so you know you, if if a pug is what you really really want and that's the breed for you there is there are rescue there are pugs. places to go yeah. yeah yeah and so you can adopt a pug you know and I think people don't realize that that you can also get a breed um, yes that's important isn't it yeah, yeah it's yeah. not just not just the the, the muggies and mongrels um, no you can no, you're right that's it. rescued rescued special breeds breed well. rescues yes yeah no absolutely um oh, yeah it's it is a bit messed up out there i think and it is um it is a shame but um we'll see man's best friend is infinitely adaptable let's see <laughs> absolutely they, he's got they, he's got to be with all all the humans and their their strange characteristics yes that's it really i mean so, uh, what i think is that oftentimes it's you know myself included is that the human can be an emotional contagion to the dogs. I think humans actually create a lot of anxiety in their dogs, in their dogs. Yeah. you know, because dogs smell cortisol and then get confused as to this particular smell. Why is that racing this morning? We've only just, you know. Yes, they pick up on it. They pick they? up on yeah. all of this. I mean, that's how super intuitive they, they really are, you know. Wow, amazing. Well, we've covered a lot of topics here, Anna, oh. um, and wonderful to to speak to you. Um, so, what next? 
what next gosh well hopefully <laughs> hopefully more of everything really helping <laughs> people with their dogs um I've seen a 10 month old Labrador in the morning. So, and talking about dogs and, you know, commenting. I think, you know, it's important to have a realistic, you know, viewpoint sometimes that comes from, you know, back in the day a bit really sometimes as well as a as a leveler on 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 things but uh yes hopefully you know just health and happiness really yes Jenny. that's and what we need that's a main thing isn't it it is health and happiness and, and our animals um but gosh thank you so much for inviting me on and um lovely lovely to talk to you and um i'm sure the listeners will will have enjoyed this so oh, well, I- I do hope so. And um, yes, check out A Dog's Life. If um... <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, take care. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jenny. Bye. Bye-bye.